What's up, guys? Thanks for joining me for this episode of Dad 2.0. So when I first recorded this podcast, it actually was more so about being awake and aware. Since I recorded this podcast, I've actually run across a story in the news that seems to be everywhere right now. It's about a teen mom basically uh, decided to do a a YouTube prank for views um, with her boyfriend. Now, keep in mind that these are teen parents. They have a three-year-old and I think I heard that she was actually pregnant with a boy at some point. She was she was pregnant again. So this this podcast to me is right on time. And I mean, before I get into this podcast, I just have to ask, at what point, even to a teenager, are YouTube views and followers more important than human life? You know what? Let's just get right into it. Let's share Okay, first things first. Gun control, gun control, gun control. Everybody's talking about gun control, but who is really doing anything about gun control? So I'm sitting here looking at an article that just came out today. It says, and I'm quoting, each day 19 children in the United States are either killed or injured by firearms. That's nearly 6,000 wounded and 1,300 killed each year making guns the third leading cause of death in those ages 1 to 17, outpacing only by, hold up, outpaced only by unintentional injuries such as car crashes, drownings, illness, and illnesses such as cancer. Cancer? So you mean to tell me you got more kids killing themselves with guns than getting sick now don't get me wrong i'm a dad so no i don't want my kid getting sick just like i'm sure most of you don't want your kids getting sick but when you can sit up here and tell me that it's enough guns out there or it's enough kids with access to guns that they can start killing themselves faster than they can get sick that is a huge problem so I just got to tell you, <clears throat> going away from the article now, I own a gun. It's very simple. If you are going to own a gun, do what you need to do to make sure that your children are safe. If it's meant to protect them, treat it like it's meant to protect them. Don't treat it like a toy. Teach them to understand that it's there for protection, not there to be a toy. Now, on the flip side, this article says ages 1 to 17. I'm sure it's some places where you got kids that are, you know, teenagers, 17, maybe 15, 11 even, that have access to guns just because of their circumstances or just because of where they live, where they're from. But the fact that it's that many guns out there that kids can get access to them in a way where now it's outpacing just getting sick and car crashes, like I said, no, I don't want a car crash. No, I don't want my child injured in any type of way. But 
what happened to the good old days when kids just got sick or kids just got injured or kids just got hurt? When did kids start outpacing sickness with guns and firearms? Now, with that being said, this is actually going to take me into another subject. But, yeah, you know what? This is going to take me to another subject, but I'm going to go there. So this article also says 40% of these deaths with the firearms occur because of suicide. And for me, that just, um, it just hits me in the heart because to have a child, a child get to the point where they think the only option left is to take their own lives, that means that there is somebody somewhere along the course of this child's life that completely failed them, that completely let them down. No matter how you put it, no matter how you try and spin it, when you get a child to this point where the only way they see out is killing themselves, somebody failed them, and they failed them horribly. So I, I actually only say that to say this, um, and this is, this, is, this is pointing at the parents this is pointing at teachers. Um, this is pointing at anybody that is in any position to help a child when they can. We have got to be aware of what's going on with kids. You have got to be aware of what's going on in their minds. No, we are not psychic as adults. Kids think us. Kids, kids want us to be psychic. Kids want us to be able to read their minds. But the fact of the matter is, we can't. Now, with that being said, that does not give us any type of excuse when we fail a child or we let them down because we fail to be aware or fail to pay attention to things that are slapping us right in the face. And I, I think I probably go at teachers harder than I should. And being a parent, I guess I, I would do that. But... The reason I say that is this. Our kids have to be at school. Our kids are at school from the hours of sometimes 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. So what that means is, is that our kids spend more time at school than they spend at home, awake. So it is an educator's obligation to know what is going on with each and every student. And if you don't feel like it's your obligation, then maybe you need to start searching for a new profession because that is the profession that you are in. So that's why I go a lot of times when, for instance, something happens when my daughter's at school, I have to let them know. And as a parent, you have to be aware. You have to let them know that you are present, you are aware, and you are awake, and you are knowledgeable about what's going on with your child at school. Because if you don't, they won't. And then it's your fault. So I, I, I have to go with the education system because that's where the bulk of time is spent. That's where the bulk of the time is spent with these kids. So when you have a kid that's walking around depressed, Yes, sometimes it's circumstantial. 
Um, sometimes kids just go through things. They are little individuals just like us adults. They have their own lives. They have their own things going on. So you have kids that will walk around depressed. You have kids that will walk around sad. But as an individual that spends your time around a child, whether it's your niece, your nephew, your daughter, your son, your brother, your sister, um, if you're spending your time around a child on a regular basis and you have failed to develop the skill to be able to, to see what's going on with your child on a personal and an emotional level, not only have you failed them, but you fail in yourself because you have failed to grow into the person that you could possibly be for these kids. So I know I'm going off on a rant, but you know what? That's just the way I feel about it. If you're going to be there for the kids, be there for the kids. If you're not, then don't. But don't get a paycheck to not be there for them. Yes, I admit, teachers are underpaid. Um, teachers are undervalued. Teachers are underappreciated. But these are things that are known before you jump into that seat. Now, I cannot and I will not let parents off the hook. If a teacher or an educator or a babysitter or a caregiver is required to tend to your child and be their primary source of guidance, then as a parent, you have to do your job as well. Don't expect a teacher to raise your child from Monday to Friday between the hours of 7 and 3.15 if you know that you are not doing your job at home. If you got a reckless-ass child and you are a reckless-ass adult, don't expect someone to deal with your situation as a civil individual. It just does not happen. It's not reality. This is, this is like this point where it takes a self-reflection. Um, don't expect somebody to put into your life what you aren't willing to put into your life. Now, with that being said, don't expect somebody to put into your child what you aren't willing to put into your child. So don't expect your child to go to school and learn how to read. Don't expect your child to go to school and learn math. Don't expect your child to go to school and learn to play the flute or learn to play the violin. The reason I say don't expect your child to do these things because if you can't expect your child to do it at home with you or under your guidance, why would you expect them to go to school and do it? And furthermore, why would you expect somebody at school to do it for them or to do it for you just because they're there? Yes, they get a check to be your child's teacher, but no check in the world will make them parent your child the way that you should parent them. So... I just got to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just leave that right there. I would drop the mic, but I don't want to break my. Now, I'm going to bounce this on over to a lighter note. We just had Father's Day yesterday, or, yeah, we just had Father's Day yesterday. Uh, my girls always make my day um, every year. So I know they won't be listening to this podcast, but I just got to say thanks to my girls. Eventually, one day they'll hear this, no time soon. So I just want to say thanks to my girls for always making my day, making my life. Um, if you guys, fathers, I'm speaking to you, if you guys have kids that made your day or that made you feel special or make you feel special in any kind of way, consider yourself blessed because they didn't have to and they don't have to.
So, you know, just consider yourself blessed that you can even call yourself a father on Father's Day. So continuing on. So I ran across this other story that um, it looks like this story came out of Canada. Um, I think it was it came out published yesterday. So this one is uh, I'll just read the title. Parents are de- parents demand end of public subsidies for private schools. Um, I'm going to be able to dive into this one real good. Uh, basically, it's saying parent, a parents group is called for the end of school segregation in school. Um, saying students in the province are separated by level of their parents' wealth and by levels of talent. This is like a two, this is a two-sided coin. This is a two-sided coin. And I'll tell you why. And this, this, ha- this story comes out of Canada, but this happens every day in the United States. So before you guys say, who the hell is he? What does he know about public school? What does he know about private school? What does he know about Catholic school? I'll tell you. So I started in a public school. I left the public school and went to a Catholic school. I left that Catholic school, went back to another public school. I left that public school and went to a Christian private school. I left that Christian private school and went to a mixed race. um, (laughs) I call it mixed race for a reason. A mixed race public school whose... um, whose flag was the the confederate flag by the way and then i left that school and i went to an all-black public school so before you say who the hell is he what does he know about school what does he know about the education system that's what i know about the education system i've been at every possible school or any possible scenario in school that you could possibly be in as far as i know now with that being said yes schools are segregated Period. I think it's designed that way for specific reasons. My kids go to a great school. I know that certain kids cannot go to that school because of their parents' income. I know that certain kids won't even be in the vicinity of that school because of their parents' income. But this goes so much deeper than the education system. This goes into the this this points at the fabric of society. Basically, it's like this. You have these areas of town where most of the people with money and the affluent people will flock to. Then you have these other areas of town where they build the low income houses. They put most of the factories. They put most of the stuff that's that creates the that you don't want in your food. So the segregation starts on a on a the segregation starts from society from a society level so what i mean by that is is before you get into the education system or before you get into um before we get into correcting the education system we have to go back and we have to focus on the circumstantial issues that create these situations i mean look don't get me wrong I love the fact that my daughter that that my daughters can go to a great school. They can get a great education. They can they can um, they can take advantage of these different things that they have available to them. But at the same time, if we were in a different situation and my kids had to be at another school or they had to be in a different situation, as a parent, I would do my job to make sure that they received 
the benefit of a great education no matter where they are. Now, I can't speak for these parents. I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. I can't speak for these parents. I can only speak for me. But what I will say is this. Why would I want to do away with a good situation for somebody else's kids because my kids can't take advantage of it? I would spend less time focusing on taking away subsidies for private schools, especially if those subsidies that they get would never be in my, would never, would, my kids would never benefit from that anyway. So if taking subsidies from private schools would not benefit my kids, I wouldn't spend any time on it. What I would do is I would spend time focusing on the things that I could do within the school system or within the county or within the province that my kid is in to make sure that they have an equal opportunity to have the same education. Now, whether that be being more active, whether that be making noise, whether that be personally volunteering and showing my face at the school every day, I'm not sure what that is. Everybody has their own method. But what I do know is this, is that hurting another group of kids is not going to help your group of kids because they have access to something that your kids don't have access to. Um, so spend less time on, spend less time on arguing the point of what they have and spend more time of arguing the point of what you intend to do or what you intend to get for your kids. Find me another story. All right, okay, here we go. This is a story I ran across. Um, it's relating to kids' health. This is, this is always a high point. So I'll just read the title. It says, Despite Threats to Kids' Health, EPA delays rule on pollutants. Not surprised. This comes down to this. If you have a certain amount of money on the table and you can scrap a group of people to ensure that that money on the table ends up in your pocket, that's what you're going to do. Now, my problem with this is, is that not only does this affect the children, but it affects the adults. It affects future generations. It affects their children and their children and their children. But you have these assholes in Washington that feel like they know what's best for seven to 12 generations down the line when they can barely put on their shoes. So I, I just, I gotta, I gotta read a little more of this. So it says, the Trump administration's EPA handheld its latest favor to the oil and gas industry on Wednesday. The agency headed by fossil fuel ally Scott Pruitt, just in case you don't know, this is a sick son of a b um, Scott Pruitt proposed delaying for two years on Obama-era rule that would, have that would have cracked down on pollutants from drilling operations that contribute to climate change and endanger people's health. Now, I'm not an expert on the EP. <clears throat> I'm not an expert on the EPA, but if it endangers people's health, I think these geniuses in Washington should understand that they are peoples. It affects their health too. But since I'm here to focus on the kids, I'll, I'll focus on that. Like I said, I have three daughters. Um, my goal in life is to ensure that they reach their goals in life. 
Um, my focus in life is to make sure that they're able to focus on the things that they want to achieve in life. With that being said, they will be affected by things that are out of their control in regards to their health. I mean, I'm a product of a few things that, w- that, I, was, that I had no control over as a child. I'm a, pro- I'm, I'm a product of those. Some of my health things are products of that. Um, it's just life. It's the way that it is. Now, as a parent, you have to really play devil's advocate. And I'm going to tell you why. Most of the things that we give to them to consume will affect them in the future. The reason I say that is this. Our kids are sort of a reflection of the decisions that we make. So you give a kid something now, they end up with something later. You let a kid do something now, they end up suffering for it later. Or you end up suffering for it later. I mean, I know I'm going in a circle here, but I hope it's very clear that just because an asshole in Washington decides to do something that will affect your kid's health does not mean that's an excuse for you not to do your part to help your kid's health. They're going to be exposed to things that you cannot control. They're going to be exposed to things that they cannot control. But the things that you can control, you should control. The things that you can help and you can do, you should help and you should do. Help them eat healthy. Help them be healthy. Help them think healthy. Help them act healthy. If you teach them to do it now, you won't have to teach them to do it later. And if you help them do it now, they will be here long enough to help you when you get older or to help you when you can't help yourself. Um, A lot of people are on this whole organic kick or on this whole I got to do this kick or I got to do that kick or got to eat clean, got to do this. Here's the thing. Being conscious of what you put in your body is just that. Be conscious of what you put in your body. But not only that, teach your kids how to be conscious of what they put in their body. Let your kids know about climate change. Let your kids know about global warming. Because they have to know that these things really do exist. The, the, the worst thing that you could do for a kid is to let them grow up with a sense of of um of immortality or to let them grow up with a sense of of not being able to be hurt and not being able to be harmed a sense of almost like un- being untouchable i mean on one hand i say you know what give your kids confidence give your kids um outspokenness give your kids the ability to stand up for themselves to speak loud to hold their heads up to do these things but at the same time they have to know that they are human and we are living in a human world and we are exposed to things that affect human life you have to do that Um, because if you don't teach them now they won't take responsibility for it later and it's going to be their crutch look we all love a little sugar every now and then Um, we all love sweets every now and then but it's no secret that um, certain things that we put in our body cause inflammation, for example. Certain things that we put in our body causes um, adverse effects. And I, my, and myself included, will still indulge in it. But 
by starting the process now of teaching our kids that just because it tastes good does not mean it's good will help to lessen the blow later or would help eliminate the blow later um, by just by just doing what's best for them. Um, a lot of times we hear things like, oh, our lives don't revolve around our kids' lives or um, we have to do what's good for us too. You know, that's all well and good. But when you decide to have kids, you sign an unspoken contract that you now have a new focus. And I'll say that I'll throw this out there right now. You might disagree with this. I would love to hear your feedback on it. You might disagree with this, but you have to all agree on this. I'm sure we all agree on this is that nobody wants to see their child hurt. Nobody wants to see their child suffer. If you could do something as simple as change a diet to keep your child from suffering, why would you not do it? If you could do it, you had access to it. I mean, it, you don't have to be psychic to help your child in the future. It's not a financial thing. It's a mental and a conscious thing. Um, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go too much deeper into, the, into it than that. We have to do what's best for our kids, period. Whether it's diet, whether it's education, whether it's financial, whether it's just being there, whether it's being aware, whether it's just holding their hand, hugging them, kissing them, letting them know that they're important, letting them know that they matter, all of these things. Um, that's what we're there for. So, hey, look, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I uh, hope you found some benefit in it. I'm sure some people have feedback. If you got feedback, you can email me at podcast at cedricbritton.com or you can email me at podcast at dad2o.com. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Let's share it. Let's share it. Don't be embarrassed. I'm not streaming. Go ahead. No. Get to it.